$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. What's up, Panther fans? We're, we're back, back to week three against the Houston Texans Thursday night matchup. Before we get started today, though, just want to make an announcement with Fansided. We're officially our podcast. You can find on the Fansided website on catcrave.com. You see here we have our week two preview versus the Saints podcast on the Cat Crave website now. So every week that'll be updated with our latest podcast. We're happy to announce this partnership and be a part of this uh, fan-sided and cat Cray family. So appreciate everybody for your support. So let's get started talking about the Houston Texans now. So before we get into their roster, I want to talk about the, where they are. You know, their first-year head coach, David Culley, a guy that's well-respected across the league. He became – he's been in the NFL since, like, 1994. He's been a wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator for various teams, but with like a lot of minority coaches, he never really got his chance and really was overlooked for potential head coaching and offensive coordinator jobs. He killed his interview in Houston. He's a well-respected guy, a player's coach. A lot of players uh, look, respect him, and I think that's what allowed him to get this job in Houston. Unfortunately, he didn't go into the greatest situation. You look at where the Texans have been the last couple of years, they traded two first-round picks to acquire Laramie Tunsil, who we'll talk about in a minute. So they haven't had a first-round pick in either 2020 or 2021. On top of that, you had a trade for DeAndre Hopkins, which it felt they got undercompensated. I think they got a second-round pick and David Johnson. And that was kind of the start of the downfall with Deshaun Watson. And then after that, he's coming in where his franchise quarterback's got 20 lawsuits going up against them. So, you know, it's not a good situation for them. They're in a rebuild mode right now, but we'll see where they where they stand. They won their first game against Jacksonville, who really hasn't won a game since week one. And they played the Browns team. It's tough, who a lot of people think are going to be in the playoffs next year. So we'll see what they bring to the table this Thursday. But we'll start with the trenches, since that's where, you know, we focus on the most. We'll start with the guy I'm sure everybody is familiar with, uh, Laramie Tunsil. We'll start with you, Smooth. What do you like about Laramie Tunsil, and why is he such a highly regarded tackle across the league? Yo, I'm mute. Mainly because of uh, his success in college for the most part, and he has the measurables that you look for in the left tackle 
Um, when you look at his performances over the last couple of years, it's been up and down. But when he does have a good year, he has a good year. So he's more than capable of putting together a solid performance and protecting his quarterback. Um, to give up all those picks for him, though, that's probably something I wouldn't have done, you know. But at the same at the same time, our edge rushers are looking at a challenge where they face Army Tunzel this week. Right, they gave two first round picks for Tunsil. I mean, think about you know where they were picking draft position wise and all the tackles that have come out in the last two drafts. We're talking about what uh, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Makai Beckton, Andrew Thomas. Um, this year you got Penay Sewell and Rashawn Slater. So Tunsil's a good player, but for that kind of compensation for him, I just don't see how that's really paid off for them. I know another guy on the interior from Alabama State, Titus Howard, was a guy Kevin had scouted a couple of years ago in the draft. Can you tell our fans about him and what we can expect from Titus Howard? I know he was a tackle in college, kind of a project. Looks like he found a home at God. Yeah, definitely Titus Howard. He was someone I definitely had my eye on in particular. Um, you know, we're talking about somebody that's 6'5", uh, out of Alabama State University. Um, I, I got to admit, when he got drafted, um, you know, he went a little bit higher than I thought he would go. Um, he went 23 overall um, to the Houston Texans. Um, and that, uh, uh, like I said, kind of had me in my feelings a little bit. You know, this is his third year. So this was the uh, same the 2019 draft, same year we drafted uh, uh, Brian Burns. So I was kind of hoping we could have could have addressed our Taku uh, issue then with him, but hey, everything works out for a reason. Um, but with him, one of the things I like about Titus Howard is that he has a lot of raw power. Uh, he's someone that when he plays with good leverage and when he's able to like really sink his hips and definitely um, be able to get his hands on you, get good hand placement, he is someone that can move you off the ball. Uh, but one of the things that also that he seems to struggle with here is that he seems to, from what I've been following him, um, you know, periodically with his career, is that he kind of struggles with uh, players to have a lot of agility movement. Like, if you try to just, like, man up and just bull rush him, you know, he can kind of hold his own for the most part. But if you're someone that's, you know, throwing moves and counter moves on him, you can have some success with him. Um, I definitely think that he's a player that, um, you know, he's not, you know, he's not trash, but he's, no, you know, he's not nothing elite either. He's, you know, just going to his third year, uh, like I say, learning a new position. So, you know, a player like him going up against, you know, when we're in our base front, 30, our 30 front, you know, he'll get a chance to go against uh, Daquan Jones, you know, who's playing zero technique over the center. Um, when we get in our 40 fronts, you know, he'll see Derrick Brown, Morgan Fox, um, you know, on our other D tackle rotation. So, uh, it's going to be a good test, you know, on both sides. Uh, like I said, it all just depends on how you attack him. Um, but this is a player that, um, you know, has definitely has some skill set, but not nothing to leave you, you know, awake at night, you know, worried about either. So um, good prospect, learn a new position. Um, I'll definitely put the advantage at the Panthers D tackle to uh, really be able to uh, push this uh, to attack him and to uh, be able to make plays. Yeah, rounding out that interior O-line, you see Justin Britton, Max Sharpen, who was also a college tackle. So it looks like they're drafting tackles and moving them in to guard, something we often criticize our own 
coaching staff are doing. So to me, interior O line of the Texans seems like the weak spot on our D tackle should have a field day. What you think of that, Smooth? Well, yeah, I was gonna say, like, if you look at this offensive line as a unit, they kind of mirror us. Like the interior is absolutely trash. I know Kevin was a fan of the uh of Titus Howard, but I had him in the same grouping category as I had Greg Little. I just wasn't a fan of him. But um, if you look at a guy like Marcus Cannon, he spent a lot of time in New England. He's one of the more, he's probably the most solid player on the team, the most consistent. So they have pretty much above average tackle play from the right side, just like us with Taylor Moten. So I look to see if they're going to try to get the run game established, they're going to try to make it go through their crafty vet, try to run behind Cannon. But overall, tackle play is solid. Interior is absolutely disgustingly trash. I am a fan of Justin Britt. He's pretty solid every year, but a center is only so good as the guards next to him. And the two guards, they're just absolutely trash. Like I, the way the way Will feels about this game, how it's a scrimmage, how he's supposed to win, I think we should decisively win in the trenches against this football. All right, so let's look at our um, matchups here. Uh, Kev, I'm in on the edge. I think the Highlight matchup of the night will probably be Laramie Tunsil against uh, Brian Burns. You know, two guys who are probably in the top, you know, 10 at their positions at this stage. You got Hassan Reddick and Marcus Cannon on the opposite side. How do you like our edge rushers matchup against these offensive tackles? Yeah, I definitely think that our edge rushers are, are definitely going to be in for a battle. But at the same time, I think their tackles are, are going to be, you know, on their on on their heels too as well. I, I think it's going to be one of the better matchups to pay attention to throughout throughout the game. As y'all know, both Burns and Reddick, you know, like the flip sides. So you'll you know you'll you, each each tackle will probably get a good look at each player, uh, multi, each one of our edge rushers multiple times. So uh, that'll be something to, to see. Um, one thing I've noticed so far in the two games with uh, with Burns and with Reddick, uh, they seem to be getting a lot of Getting up under the pass of these linemen real quick, you know, getting that good deep bend, um, you know, to really get low and get up underneath. You know, when you watch the tape of our pass rush, you know, that's one of the things that seem to be like, damn, how'd it get there so fast? You know, and for me, it just seems that a lot of it is the fact that, uh, you know, Reddick and Burns, man, they just, you know, they're just playing at a really high fundamental level when it comes to, you know, turning that corner. Uh, you know, putting these offensive tackles in uncomfortable positions and they are using their talent and, and experience to take advantage of it. Uh, but I, I do think that even on a short week uh, that they're going to they're going to really be tested with uh, with Marcus Cannon, um, particularly, you know, with him having the success he had as a Patriot. So, you know, he's battle tested, you know, Super Bowl champion. So he definitely he's definitely going to have a lot of pride, you know, on a short week. So you definitely you're gonna see that good matchup, um, but overall I still would get the edge to us. I know that may sound biased, but uh, you know, you know, Will, like you was talking about in the post game, you know, last night, you know, this is a game that we should ultimately dominate, you know, from beginning to end, and I think that that domination can pretty much start with uh, with our uh, edge rushers going against their tackles. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be some battles, but I, I think that we're gonna definitely win way more than we lose off the edge. Hey, I think we're going to dominate them across the board in the trenches defensively. You know, 
their weakest their weakest point is their interior, and that's been a strength for us lately. Like we gotta start having some pride. I know it's early, it's only week two, but we got the number one defense in the league right now. So we should expect to come in here and dominate from the start from the first kickoff. That's just what I think we should do. Um, I'm not too worried about any of those guys. I'm just paying homage, giving respect to some of their, their veterans like Cannon. But we have a weak player is on the edge. We we have guys that potential to be elite on the interior. So we should dominate from kickoff to the right. I mean, I like our matchup, especially on the interior with Derek Brown. You know, Daquan Jones, even our rotational guys coming in. You know, Dave. Davion Nixon, Bravion Roy, I think they're going to have a really good opportunity to get some work in on these interior offensive line. So it'll be interesting. I think that's an area where we can dominate up front, and we know we can do that. You know, that's where it all begins. The rest is just fall into place. Let's look at some of these other positions now. Quarterback Tyrod Taylor is out with a hamstring day-to-day, so he's not going to play. So we're going to see Davis Mills. Uh, Davis Mills, th- think of it, I know Panther, to put it like in a Panther fan comparison, think of Garrett Gilbert and Kyle Allen, uh, quarter former Panthers quarterbacks. These guys were superstars, five-star recruits coming out of high school. Um, you know, they went to major, you know, power five schools, but they just never panned out in college for whatever reason. I think Kyle Allen lost his coach. Uh, Garrett Gilbert had coaching turnover at Texas. As far as uh, Davis Mills, it was his knees. He think he had three knee surgeries throughout his time at Stanford or in high school and then had more knee surgeries in college. So he just couldn't stay healthy. And you look at his college production, very underwhelming. You know, I don't think he ever threw for three or 2,000 yards in any of his three seasons. His touchdown to interception ratio was pretty, you know, below average for a college player. So I think he pretty much get in drafted off his high school pedigree, you know, a similar manner, you know, I guess Allen and Gilbert weren't drafted, if I don't recall. But, you know, the, all the talent just alone is probably what got him drafted, his upside. I don't think he's a guy that's ready to play this year. He kind of got rushed into playing because of the legal issues with Deshaun Watson and now the injury to Tyrod Taylor. So he's kind of been forced into the lineup to start. So I don't th- I think they're going to do anything they can to take pressure off their young rookie quarterback. They're just going to try to pound the rock and try to win it in the trenches against us. Um, in his first game, I think he completed only like 40% of his passes. It was 8 for 18, uh, threw an interception, did throw a touchdown and led some drives against a solid Browns defense, though. So you can't just sleep on him that, you know, sleep on him like he's just a bum. I mean, he can play a little bit. He's got some talent. Not a very mobile guy, though. Um, he misses some throws, doesn't have the greatest, the strongest arm. You know, more of a cerebral quarterback that's going to pick his spots, make good decisions, protect the ball. So that's the kind of quarterback we're going to be seeing this week. So I'll start with you, uh, Smooth. What are we going to have to do to shake up uh, Davis Mills, get him off his game early this week? Well, usually when you have a young quarterback like this, you try to make the game easy for him, try to bring, try to gradually bring him along. And the way you do that is having either a solid tight end or a really, really solid, solid run game. And when you look at those names like Mark Ingram and David Johnson, at the end of the day, those two names alone accounted for a combined four Pro Bowls and two All-Pros. They're not bums back there. So they got two running backs that at one point had reputations of being two of the best in the game. So we definitely got to look out for that. They have talent in the backfield. Not sure about their tight end. I haven't watched much, much of them, but 
I know that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to get the run game established with their above average running backs behind their below average offensive line. We just got to stop it. So I think that should be step one, just shutting down that run game and, and, and eliminating those running backs. Now you look at that backfield, a guy we're very familiar with is uh, Mark Ingram. You know, he was the partner, backfield partner with uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, Ingram's a small, stocky guy, strong runner, breaks tackles. You know, not the most shiftiest guy, but, you know, he runs with the attitude. And I think you got to game tackle and wrap up when you meet this guy. So, Kev, what are some ways you think our defense needs to do this week to contain this run game? With I mean, you got three 1,000-yard rushes there. You got Phillip Lindsay, not a bum either. You got Mark Ingram, you got David Johnson, you got Rex Burkhead, who's more of a, a dual threat guy that was playing with the Patriots offense. You told, what do you expect to see from our defense this year? Do you expect to see the same dime package we use in the Saints? So you think this is going to be a week where we'll see more of Jermaine Carter in so we can stop this run game with the Texans? Yeah, I definitely think this is a week you're going to see a lot more base defense for the reasons that y'all already stated. You know, with this rookie quarterback coming in, um, you know, to keep things simplified, kind of a lot what we saw week one uh, with the um, with the Jets with the Zach with the Zach Wilson. You know, they ran a lot of you know twelve personnel, twenty one personnel, uh, two tight ends uh, type things. So I definitely think we're gonna see a lot more base. You know, in our uh, you know to counter their uh, their personnel packaging um, here. So yeah, you'll definitely see more um, Jermaine Carter and. Um, we'll definitely see a lot more of those 30 fronts. But uh, the way to attack it, you know, is just pretty much stay true to your fundamentals. You know, run gap discipline. I know it's boring. I know it's not the most appealing thing. But, you know, that's the thing that, I've, that I think that the first two games that we, for the first time in a long time, and, and Big Smooth, you can attest to this, you know, this, uh, you know, Phil Snow really got, a, really got a, our defensive line playing with some consistency with their fundamentals when it comes to, you know, look, do your job. Keep your ass right here, no matter what. I very rarely have I seen, you know, um, our, you know, run fits all blasted up, you know, because somebody got blown off the ball or was, you know, moved out the place. You know, if it did, you know, uh, we made up for it by making the play. But I've yet to see that really stick out to me um, at this vantage point. So, again, with this repertoire of, you know, running backs with, with the proven resumes, you definitely don't want to take it for granted. You don't want to sleep on it. But they definitely got the talent to punch you in the mouth and 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 get some momentum and kind of, you know, try to hang around longer than what we think they should. Uh, Mark Ingram, um, you know, with the Saints, you know, he definitely have beat us up in the past. Uh, this is definitely a game that I like to see the favor return. Um, you know, I want to see us keep our run defense at the top. I, I, I like to think that we're going to, because of the resumes, I was going to say 50, but I'm going to say 60 yards or less total rushing. I think that with this talent, I, I like to see our defensive – I like to see our defense as a whole hold this uh, running back core, uh, the 60 yards, and force this quarterback, this young rookie quarterback here to, you know, throw the ball 30-plus times in the game, which would just fall right into the hands of our, of our you know, newfound pass rush here. Hey, well, I'd like to add one little thing real quick, though. If you look at this roster on paper, if you go back three or four years, our defensive coordinator will be up all night trying to figure out how to stop this. You got, like you said, 3,000-yard bats. I don't know if y'all know this, but it don't matter who's been throwing him the ball or where he's been. Brandon Cooks has been very, very, very 
efficient everywhere he's been. He gets 1,000 yards every year. And it's the way he kicked this year off, he's off to the same start. He's been getting, uh, getting yards every game, and he scored a touchdown last week. So if you look at this team as a whole on paper, go back a couple of years, you're pretty scared. So I don't think we should prepare, should prepare any differently. I know you guys were fans of uh, Anthony Miller a few years ago. He might have an impact on the game. So I don't want to sleep on this team at all. Oh, they got some big names, and it seems like people are overlooking the Texans because these guys are a little bit older now, and they've had some injuries. They're still talented. Bro. I'm looking at this roster. Skill position-wise, we still have to be disciplined and stick to our keys and shut Yeah, you look at the wide receiver room, got a nice, diverse uh, set of skills. We got Brandon Cooks, who's a speed guy, vertical threat. I mean, he's not, I mean he, the myth is that it's all he can do. I mean, he can, he's a complete receiver. I just think he's just been in a situation with teams where he's been a valuable trade asset, so he's just kind of been shopped around and went to New England, went to L.A., now he's in Houston. But he's definitely one, one of the more consistent and productive receivers over the past several years. Chris Conley, 6'3", that's their big body receiver that they're going to target. Uh, Anthony Miller, I think Danny Amendola's hurt. I don't know if he's going to play. We'll know that tomorrow on Tuesday. But Amendola and Miller are slot guys, very shifty. They can get open, get quick separation, give their – quarterback a big throwing window. So I think it's a very, not a great, but a very capable um, receiving core that can, you know, beat you. So, I mean, I think the skill players, you know, I think the tackles, they have good skill players. I think these guys will could potentially take some pressure off this uh, young quarterback. So the last thing with the Texans uh, offense, what do you think we're going to have to do this week to be successful? I know Kev mentioned you're going to see a lot more base defense. We have to be strong in run support. We have to tackle well, wrap up. So what do you think we need to do to start this game well and get get them behind the sticks and try to force them in these must-pass situations? Well, um, Dick LeBeau is probably my favorite defensive coordinator of all time. And I should a lot of similarities in Phil Snow to the point where they don't let their opponent dictate what they do. They stay true to themselves. If you look around the league, people are still talking about the Panthers coming out with this college defense. Hey, it's been working. I feel like Phil Snow game plan to what he wants to do and goes off of what matchups are. So as long as he can match up, he's not going to deter from what his original game plan is. That's what he wants to do. He's going to just stick to what's been working for us. Now, for the quarterback, same exotic blitzes and playing strong man coverage on the outside. I don't think anything's going to change. Nothing to beat us. Teams are going to have to figure out how to beat Phil Snow. I don't think he's going to try to adjust to our opponent. I don't care who he's facing. That's what I respect about him. He don't really deviate from who he is. Okay, what do you think with uh, as far as this uh, rush go? You think we're going to be? You know, a heavy blitzing type day. This confuses young quarterback. Are you comfortable, you know, rushing with four and trying to keep guys in coverage and confuse them with on the back end, mixing up coverages? Oh, I definitely believe the, the do what we do and just keep a nice mix. Like let's let's keep working to perfect what we do. Um, you know, there's there's no such thing as a gimme win. So I don't think that we should just feel like we're in a position to be cock, cocky and confident that we can just. Um, you know, become predictable with what we do. Um, you know, I, I just think with a quarterback like this, you know, you want to make them think fast. You want them, you want them, you know, reacting instead of acting. So I, I definitely look for us to keep doing what we've been doing. 
um, you know, showing a blitz look, you know, backing out and, and dropping to some type of coverage, um, sending the house at them, you know, five or six guys right after him, you know, to see who he's going to, you know, check down, go through first. Um, like I say, I, I really don't see anything yet that makes me stick out to really quote unquote lose sleep, but I do see enough to make me uh, feel like that we definitely need to be covered. Like our, our, our franchise is not in a position to ever be cocky, particularly on, on a, on a primetime game. Uh, I'm not sure what our record is on primetime game. I know it's not very good. I know we got a losing record on primetime. So if there ever was an opportunity for us to turn around the, you know, our pitiful performances, you, you, you pretty much can't get a, you know, you pretty much can't get a more winnable situation than what we've been handed to. You know, a banged up, battered Houston Texan team. Yeah, they're going to be at home. Yes, we will have to travel. Uh, but, you know, when you line up player for player, talent for talent, and I mean, I'm mean even say coaching for coaching, um, you know, anything outside of winning by uh, 17 or more points, I, I just really, and that's been kind right there. I, I want to say 21 <laughs> 24, but, you know, I've yet to see this offense in the second half continue what they do in the first half. So I want to kind of temper my, you know, temper my expectations, but I, I definitely think that uh, we definitely should mix it up here, um, show them different fronts, and, you know, just keep working on perfecting our craft while we attack theirs. So that's how I see it. Okay, so that's basically what we um, know with the Texans offense. I know Kev was a big fan of Brevin Jordan, the tight end, but it looks like they got him buried in third string, so I don't know how many how much uh, reps he's going to be getting this week. So let's go to um, Texan defense. You know, you look at it on paper, it's a veteran unit. I mean, Whitney Merciless, I think, was drafted in like 2012. Early in his career, he had a couple of double-digit sack seasons. Production kind of fell off uh, later on. Um, you got Demarcus Walker, Malik Collins. I mean, Collins is a vet, bro. A lot of us are familiar with uh, Charles um, don't, uh, I apologize for the pronunciation. Amanihu, um, I think he's a young guy, rookie, de- uh, not rookie, but a defensive end out of Texas. Uh, Ross Blacklock, I think, is going to be a very good player in this league. He's a defensive tackle from TCU, has a very strong college tape, a guy that was high on our draft board. So looking at this defensive line uh, depth move, what do you, what are you uh, strengths and weaknesses you see from this Texans uh, D-line unit? Well, when you talk about Merciless, I think back to the play where, you know, I don't know if the Panther fans remember, but Red Little was on on the injury list for a few weeks to a concussion. And that play, that play where he caught the concussion was at the hands of Merciless. Very physical guy. He's going to try to anchor in the run game. He's very, very physical. I have a lot of respect for him. He plays a lot like how Thomas Davis used to play for us. He's bringing physicality to the game. so. Definitely going to expect that from him. You brought up uh, Ross earlier. I'm about, you say he was on our board. I'm a big fan of him as well. Um, outside of that, I think really the strength of their team knows the corner is the secondary. You know, Vernon Hargraves, and you know, you guys remember Justin Reed because we have his brother, his brother Eric Reed here. So I think they're going to try to make plays in the secondary for the most part. But interior, I think it's, an, it's just going to be a, a stalemate because our offensive line is not. I must be under the moon. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The offensive line is not very dominant, but uh, 
We're playing a, a, a pretty solid defensive course, so we got to try to establish ourselves physically. They're going to try to bring the hand. Yeah, so let's um, build off that. So looking at our offensive line, our interior seems to be the weakness this year with uh, L flying uh, daily. Uh, Miller's been playing solid. I won't put them all in that category. Paradise has been up and down. So, Kev, how do you like our interior offensive line going against Walker, Collins, and Ross Blacklock this week? Well, if there was ever an opportunity for our offensive line to get some – even on a short notice, some momentum, some, you know, pick me up. I think this is the game to do it. Again, don't get me wrong, this this defensive line is veteran, wow, but it is talented. And, you know, with our offense, you know, a lot of our plays are based off of zone blocking, you know, zone blocking schemes because, you know, power, we've already seen power is just not our thing. Um, I think that that is something that we could actually take advantage of uh, with this defensive line. Uh, but now we 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 got to strap it up. We got to come to play. You know, there's a lot of pride over there. You know, they, you know they got a chance to go to two and one, something that many people probably wouldn't um, expect them to do. And truth be told, you know, they hung around a lot longer in Cleveland than uh, than most people thought. So, you know, they were maybe a few plays away from also ending this game two two and zero oh as well. So we definitely can't take anything, you know, seriously for granted. And what I say that is. You know, don't beat ourselves. Don't just think we can just – we got the right to just show up. Oh, we're the Carolina Panthers. You're the Houston Texans. We're going to – you know, we're, we're just going to, you know, take this W up out of here. Nah, we got to go in there and earn it. We want to punch them in the mouth early and often. Um, we, we we definitely got to set the tone. We got to let them know who daddy is. You know, that's that's the type of uh, tone I won't set, particularly in the trenches with our, uh, with our offensive line, you know. I'm not sure how rule is going to go about, you know, getting the practice reps and, you know, rest. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to probably fly down like that Wednesday, you know, to get acclimated to be ready for that Thursday night. But, um, yeah, this is definitely a game where I definitely feel like that the opportunity is there for us to correct and kind of put a better viewing on our offensive line, showing particularly in the run blocking. Um, you know, let's call it the truth, you know, when it comes to playoffs blocking, um, you know, Sam Donald has, you know, has had good pocket awareness and has a quick, strong release, and he's able to negate a lot of the struggles that we have with one-on-one blocks in our pass protection as a unit as a whole. So, uh, you know, I think this is a chance on, on short notice for us to uh, get had a type of performance that could build some momentum you know, heading into, you know, the uh, rest of the early part of the season. Let's talk about our tackles. Now we got Cam Irving and Taylor Moten going against uh, Whitney Merciless, the veteran, and Charles Amanihu, another vet. How do you like our tackle matchups this year? You think uh, this is a get-right week for Cam Irving going against the veteran Merciless and Moten going against Amanihu? Let's go with you uh, first here, Smooth. Well, I think on a short week, what you do is you try to continue the game plan you have from last week. And like Kevin mentioned earlier, just correct some of the mistakes. The biggest thing I think that we can take away from is, honestly, both of our tackles were pretty solid in pass protection last week. It's just that we couldn't get effective production from them in the run game. So I think if we're focused on just ourselves and not our opponent, we're going to try to be more effective in the run game. And what that comes to is, 
First off, getting movement off the snap. We didn't do a good job of that. Secondly, is getting to the second level and having effective blocks at the second level. We didn't do a good job of that either. Also, combo blocking. We did a horrible job combo blocking last week. Most of the production that you've seen from Christian McCaffrey was just off of him, just being talented. So I think we got to just focus more on ourselves and not our opponent. We have to correct our deficiencies in the run game. I'm not too worried about pass protection because, honestly, when you look at the pressures that were given up, most of it came from our running backs and our tight ends not being effective. They were blitzing off the edge. You know, you see Moten, you see Irvin, they got their guy locked up. Linebacker or, or, or nickelback comes in, beats our running back, and gets a hit on Barnum. So I think they're going to focus on getting our backs more acclimated to pass blocking better. But as far as, like, as the whole, the unit, they were pretty solid in pass protection, especially with Sam Darnold getting rid of the football. So when you talk about that matchup, I don't have any 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 doubts that Irvin and, and Mo, um, Irvin and Mo will perform the same. They'll be productive in pass sets, but we got to be more effective in the run game. Like, I just think it's unacceptable the way we've been playing the last. Yeah, and if, and see all that, I, I I would like the opportunity for us to again to try to really improve on what's really been a big eyesore for me is. You know, our ability to, you know, to pick up two yards on third and fourth downs. It, like, you know, as someone that, like, that played line, coached line, and just loved the line, like, the fact that that my team, our team that we love, the Carolina Panthers, who throughout our franchise history, what is it, keep pounding, you know, have always been known to have a power running game. You know, the fact that we got to get cute with Joe Brady and misdirection, all this kind of stuff to pick up. To yours, it irks my soul. It makes my ass itch. Like, it's really something that really bothers me that I'm, I'm not confident in us picking up, you know, one or two yards via the run on on first down, you know, to pick up a first down. That annoys me. So I want to see us try it again, you know, you know, with this opponent, with, uh, with the Houston Texans. I, I really feel like that, you know, this is a game for us to get right when we had this 10-day layoff after this game. Um, to put us in position to be like, okay, we can do this when we, you know, when we, you know, listen to our key, when we follow our keys and be fundamentally sound and be consistent with the things that we've been coached up to do. Because you can't sit up and tell me that with this offensive line coaching staff that we got, that what we see on the field is a result of what they coaching throughout the week. I can't, I can't, I can't buy that. Um. You know, I, I just I just don't see it. So, uh, you know, for me, this this is definitely just an opportunity to I really feel like to us to finally be able to pick up these first downs via the run. You know, when it's particularly in the short yard, anything two, three yards or less, we got to pick up on the ground just just for the sake of finding a, some sort of foundation to build upon to improve in that area. Because for me, as a fan, it's the eyesore right now. I really have no confidence when it's. Uh, third and short, and we need a yard or two. I'm looking at this uh, linebacker unit again. You know, it's a very, it's a veteran uh, unit. The Houston Texans. You would think, you know, a team, you know, one of these lower teams that aren't expected to do well. They're in rebuilding mode. You expect to see a lot more youth on this roster. But looking at this front seven, it's a very veteran unit. I mean, look at Zach Cunningham. He's been in the league for years. Um, Christian Kirksey, another veteran name I recognize. Now, what I know about them, I know both of them 
when I, they both give up passer ratings over 100, so they're not really great coverage linebackers, in my opinion, more like run stoppers. They run a lot of nickel, so it's going to be those two with the um, front four. So we'll probably see a lot of four two five this week. What are some ways you think we can um, take advantage of these linebackers, Cunningham and Kirksey, Kev? Think it's a Dan Arnold week or continue to use McCaffrey in the passing game, maybe involve Ian Thomas and finally give him some looks? Uh, for me, I would like for this to be a game where Dan Arnold and Tommy Trimble, you know, put in a, a dual threat type of game. You know, I, I didn't really see or hear much from um, Trumbull this last game as far as, you know, getting any um, receptions. Uh, but uh, this is definitely a game on a short week where I feel like his athleticism um, will be something that will put stress on these linebackers, uh, his physical style of play. Um, so for me, I, I would like for it to be Dan Arnold building off his three catches for 55 yards and um, Tommy Trumbull is, uh, being able to, you know, make a name for himself. Um, he definitely has so far shown ability to catch more than what he did when he was at college. Obviously, we ain't got the stats to really, you know, support that to say that he's, quote, got it. But, you know, just from what we've seen with his opportunities, he has. Um, so for me, yeah, I, that's that's why I see it. Um, nothing against Ian Thomas um, or anything like that, but um, I, I like to see Arnold and um, Trumbull um, really establish themselves with this game. I like to see uh, Joe Brady take a little bit of what works for Phil Snow. Just stick to what you do best, create matchups. Um, we drafted Terrace Marshall for a reason. Hopefully you can get him lined up on one of these interior linebackers here and there. Uh, that Texas route that Christian McCaffrey likes, make that work. The reason I say that is because I, I, if y'all on Twitter, I did grades for all five of the linemen. So based off of what I've seen this past Sunday, the Texans kind of have an advantage with their linebackers because, like I said, we had an inability to have effectiveness on this second level, and it started with our interior. It started with the guards. Whether it's going to be Elflame, Daly, Christensen, Miller, and even Paradis, nobody had success ripping to the second level and getting effective blocks on linebackers. Everything McCaffrey did, he did on his own. And I was very disappointed in that. So, when you talk about those linebackers' strength and being able to stop the run, we don't look too good at getting, getting to them. So hopefully that's the emphasis. So like I said, stick to our game plan and focus on fixing the mistakes that we made last week. So if Joe Brady is smart, do what you do best. This, this might be the week to get cute and take advantage of the slot, whether it's using Terrence Marsh or putting DJ Moore or Robbie in the slot. Just try to get matchups that, that are favorable for you. Get our receivers on some of these linebackers. That's going to be the key to success as far as having advantage over those interior. Right. And one thing about these linebackers, I mean, Zach Cunningham, I mean, talk about production. He had over 160 combined tackles last year. So we're going to really have to get a body on him if we're going to have, you know, McCaffrey have another uh, productive day on the ground. Kev, what are some ways we can neutralize, you know, Cunningham that way when a we're going to use a combo inside zone combo blocks, get a guards on them or get them out in space. What are some ways we can neutralize him? You know, the high production tackler like he is. 
Well, for me, I, I think a page out of the old school would, would do good uh, to go against him here. And that, that would be us lining up in some 21-22 personnel and, and putting a fullback on him, you know, put some, get some body, get some weight on him to, to get him fighting through. Uh, that would be something that I think would be uh, something that would be effective, you know, against a, uh, against a Zach Cunningham. Um, you know, by him being, you know, the weak side linebacker, you know, his job is to, you know, chase down plays from the backside, you know, in a 4-3 scheme. So when it's our turn to uh, run to his side, you know, I want to see him fight through, um, you know, through a full, uh, the block of a fullback, whether that be Tommy Trumbull in the backfield as an H-back or, uh, you know, uh, Richie, who they we converted to fullback. I, I, I'm not saying to do it every time because that would make it real predictable, but I definitely would like to see that more as just something to, um, you know, give them a different look, give them a different feel. Because like I said, we're we're not getting to the second level, you know, with the offensive line. So, all right, let's do it a different way to get to the second level. Let's let's put a fullback. Let's do some isolation plays. You know, let's do some off tackle, um, you know, here as well. Um, let's let's line up these tight ends and do some wham blockings, you know, and, and, you know, catch him, you know, when he's lined up on the outside trying to come off the edge. So I think it's other ways to uh, get to the linebackers outside of relying strictly on our um, offense line. I just think that would be one of the ways. Okay. Let's take a look at this uh, Texan secondary. Um, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Vernon Hargraves at one cornerback. Uh, Terrence, Mitchell, Terrence Mitchell is injured. I think he's in the concussion protocol. So we're probably going to see Tremont Smith as the other corner with Desmond King, who came from the Chargers. He's kind of a nickel. And again, I think this is the third week where we're going against uh, cornerbacks that our wide receivers can take advantage of. I mean, I don't think any of these guys can handle DJ Moore, uh, Terrence Marshall, Robbie Anderson. I mean, we even got Brandon Zilster some reps uh, last week. You know, I just don't see these guys being able to handle them in man coverage. So I expect to see, you know, considering the linebackers' weaknesses in coverage, considering their corners can't really match up against our wide receivers, maybe they're going to come out and play a lot of zone, similar to what we saw with New Orleans last week. And we saw what Joe Brady is able to do to the zone defenses when he's able to, you know, run some play action, you know, these route combinations. You saw those made huge throwing windows that Sam Darnold was able to find receivers you know, in these open areas of the zone. So, I mean, I'm going to look for a lot of that this year. I expect another productive day from uh, Sam Darnold in the past game. Um, maybe this is the week we can get McCaffrey's touches uh, down in the 20s instead of giving them 30 touches every week and start distributing the ball a little more to these wide receivers. Now, we do have to be careful because if we're going to be passing a lot, they got a ball hawk back there by the name of Justin Reed. I mean, Reed, He's a physical player. He is on the injury report. He's questionable, but I expect him to play. But he was a prospect a lot of our fans uh, really liked. He's the brother of Eric Reed, who was a former Panther. Um, Justin, I think he's more athletic than his brother. He's a ball hawk, very good range. Um, I think he's forced three turnovers already this year. So when you're throwing those passes over the middle, you got to be aware of where he is all the time. Um, and coverage, you know, matchups, I don't think he's very strong, so if we can get him matched up with some of our wide receivers like a Robbie Anderson or a, one of uh, Terrace Marshall, I think there's another guy we can take advantage of in coverage as well. So 
looking at this secondary, I think this can be a air it out type game where we can do a lot of damage, you know, passing on this defense. But in order to do that, we're going to have to protect uh, Sam Darnold. So I think it's going to come down to how well our offensive line can handle this pass rush of the Texans. So overall, uh, Kev, what do you see? What's the best way to attack this um, Texan defense? We're to see another balanced attack like we did against New Orleans. We just keep doing what we do. And how do we come out in the second half to maintain that same level of productivity for four quarters instead of seeing that drop off after halftime? Yeah, good point. So to answer your first question, how do we attack this Texans defense? Um, you know, for me, for me, I think the best way to attack them is to, you know, get them on their heels early and often. Um, now, I'm not sure if you've been able to pick up if they're, you know, more of a zone team or more of a man team. Uh, me personally, and this is just me, I haven't seen anything to validate. I think they're going to try to, you know, roll the dice and be a little bit more blitz happy against us. Uh, again, you know, it's no secret that, you know, our pass block win rate here is, is, is near the bottom of the league. So I think that we're going to definitely be tested. I don't think they're just going to sit back and rush four and drop seven. Like I said, the way that, you know, Joe Brady can scheme up our receivers getting open. I think they're going to take roll the dice and, and take some chances to see how disruptive they can get. I think that, you know, Sam Donald still hasn't done enough to dispel the myth that he's seeing ghost. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans on a short week just come out and just try to be, you know, blitz happy. You know, and, and if that's the case, uh, we got some opportunities to really, really take advantage of, uh, of this Texans, um, Texans um, defense here. As far as the second part of your question and what we got to do to come out and establish, you know, a better second half, again, it goes back to the trenches. I, you know, I, I would like for us to just come out there and just be able to just run the ball, you know, just, just, just to set everything up, you know, like. I know we keep talking about, you know, the touches that McCaffrey get. Like, you know, against New Orleans, he had 24 carries for 72 yards. That's three yards a pop. You know, so for one, so even though we dominated the game, once again, New Orleans, you know, they they still able to put the handcuffs on, on McCaffrey. McCaffrey has yet to have a, a, a productive yards per carry day against him. I don't think he's even ever even had a, a game where he had over four yards to carry against him. So, uh I just really see this as an opportunity for for us to take advantage of what I'm what I'm what I'm projecting to be a blitz happy uh Texans team that's at home. Um, you know, they're gonna be playing loose, nothing is really expected of them. So uh so I think that we just gotta be ready, have our head on a swivel, um, adjust to these blitzes, pick up and you know what I'm saying, blow these guys out the fucking water. Now, one thing I will mention, I know you asked about man or zone. The defensive coordinator is Lovey Smith. So, you know, it's going to be zone. Lovey Smith was the Tampa 2 guy, you know, and who's the Lovey Smith protege, Ron Rivera. So we're going to see probably that Ron Rivera defense, you know. Um, a lot of Tampa 2, a lot of 2 deep coverages, a lot of zone blitzes, dropping linemen in the coverage, you know, all that good stuff. So I think creating mismatches against these linebackers and coverage is going to be you know, one way to really attack this uh, Tampa too. More on uh, Lovey Smith, though. We, I mean, he's been in the league for years. You know, he's been in Chicago, won a Super Bowl in Tampa. Um, he's coached. Uh, where else has he been? He's been. I think he actually coached. He came back. No, he coached the Bears. I think. Yeah, Ron Rivera was his assistant coach. 
So with um, Lovey Smith defense, what, when you think of a Lovey Smith defense, what's the first thing that comes to mind, Smooth? Uh, Tampa two, where you beat that is seems up the middle. You know, you want to get the tight ends involved, definitely. Um, you did it. You said everything that was fact. You know, he had some success in Chicago. Got that team to a Super Bowl. I don't think the Tampa Bay gave him a fair chance in Tampa when he became their head coach. So, you know, definitely something we're familiar with. Well, I don't know about our staff, but us as fans, we're familiar with this game that we're going to be facing. And like Kevin said, honestly, what Kevin expects, I want them to do. Go ahead and blitz because if you think about what's worked best for us is getting rid of the ball fast. And that'll give more space to our skill guys to make plays. So hopefully they do get after us a little bit because I think if they try to sit back and just sit in that zone, Sam Sam Battle will pick him apart. I have a lot of faith in him. And I don't know if people know, but I've been I've been optimistic about Sam since since we signed him. I don't think it was the greatest decision to make, but he's shown when given the opportunity, you put some talent around him, he can make some things happen. So I'm very excited about this matchup is Thursday night is prime time. It's an opportunity to get that monkey off for our backs because everybody knows we suck in prime time for whatever reason. That's why I can't kind of rest on this game. I got to get things. I, I got to see it happen before I can get excited. But um, definitely we got to get this thing going as far as it, as far as attack. Yeah, because didn't Lovey Smith, didn't he come from Illinois? What, wasn't that where he been the last few years coaching? Yeah, he went back to the college level. I think um, after another losing season, they let him go. So now he's back in the pros working with uh, David Culley in Houston. Yeah, I see that he's a uh, um, defense coordinator, like associate head coach, uh, something like that, um, you know, for the Texans. So, yeah, like, so, okay, so this is going to be um, – this going to be Tampa 2 and two safeties back, uh, you know, two safeties playing deep, uh, you know, I, I want to see this run game, you know, really, really um, evolve here. You know, if they're, if they're not going to stack the box because they're playing the Tampa 2, um, a variation of the defense, hell yeah, I want to see this offensive line come out and and really, you know, establish a physical tone uh, w- with the run game. Uh, definitely. So, but yeah, but they they want to roll the dice and blitz, blitz too. I, I welcome it. I, I think we're prepared to really um, – take advantage of them if they do. Uh, but like I said, we just can't be too cocky and complacent and think that they're not able to uh, make this game a lot more interesting than what it needs to be. Okay, so there you have it. So now we'll get to some uh, fan questions and comments. We pretty much covered the Texans' offense and defense. First question, uh, Freddie, Ingram always played good against us. Do you think the game plan is going to be stop the run, uh, play man, and zone over top. So what do you think about that question, Kevin? Uh, with Mark Ingram being, um, you know, more of a, you know, at this stage of a career, more of a, a pound and a bruiser, uh, the key is to just uh, continue to play good, strong gap integrity, um, keep our linebackers free. Uh, this should be a game where, um, where both Shaq Thomas and Jermaine Carter should have uh, double-digit tackles, you know, with uh, with them because I really see them trying to attempt to establish the run a lot. I I can't imagine a situation where the game plan going in this week for them to have their quarterback throwing over 30 times, 
you know, a game. So I think that they're going to, you know, use this running back by committee and attack us. But, uh, but yeah, um, I like to see us do some more run blitz. Like I say, to discourage them early and often, you know, to blow stuff up. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely think that would be the way to, um, the way to neutralize it is to uh, play solid run gap blitz and to uh, keep our linebackers clear. Yeah, building off that, I think with this young quarterback in this um, run game, I like to see a lot of single high looks, put that extra guy in the box, and just make sure we don't allow them to run the ball on us and make them throw the ball, make this young quarterback beat you. So, yes, I do think we'll see a lot more uh, man coverage looks. I love the fact that Phil Snow's um, playing a lot more man coverage this year. So, I de so yeah, I'm definitely hoping we do more single high man coverage looks, load the box, and try to stop this uh, run game. Cousin Mills, they will want to run a bunch. Our front will crush the run game. So that kind of builds off the last comment. Uh, we agree with that. You know, stopping the runs got to be the priority. Put pressure on this young quarterback to try to beat us throwing the ball, and I think we'll be in uh, great shape. Tommy Trimble needs more reps. Ian Thomas is too much of a liability and blocking. The funny part about that is that was kind of his strengths coming out of college, supposedly, but I guess it hasn't translated into the pros. What do you think of this comment right here, Kev? Yeah, and as someone that was a uh, Ian Thomas, you know, fan, you know, honestly, all just sides, it kind of pains me to see that here in year four, he, you know, still hasn't, you know, had that breakout. I've arrived in NFL moment, you know. Now you can attribute it to all the different quarterbacks and turmoil, you know, like that because it's the same as with, um, you know, DJ Moore, you know, having count pass from seven different quarterbacks. Uh, you said the same for Ian Thomas because I believe they came in the same draft class, but um, but yeah, I, I'm all for I'm all for Tommy Trumbull. Um, You know, like I said, his his ability to block was what he's known for, but I, I've seen enough from his hands to really uh, feel like that he's he's a weapon. You know, potentially in the making for us. Um, you know, even though Dan Arnold started to really have a good breakout type of game. You know, with three catches, five yards, but uh, I don't see it as being solidified, locked down. So, you know, whatever Tommy Trimble got to do with his reps, he he got to make it known that hey, whether it's blocking or whether it's passing, you know, I'm I'm the guy, I'm the future for this position. So, um, this game would definitely be a good opportunity for him to uh, put put a put our team on, put the coaching staff on notice of what he's capable of. Nobody will lose sleep over Davis Mills. <laughs> Uh, Kevin, 2017, uh, we played at Chicago. Who was their quarterback that game? From the University of North Carolina, Mitchell Trubisky. And how many times did Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball that game? Four completed passes. I believe he was like four for seven, if I, were, if I remember correctly. How many and, uh, uh, yards did he have? Oh, God. Uh, it wasn't 100 yards. It was not even 100 yards. I, oh, man. Okay, so you opposing the quarterback, throws the ball seven times, right? Keep them under 100 yards. I mean, you have to win that game, right? When we blow them out, oh, we beat them by 20, 30, 40 points. We lost 17 to three, bro. <laughs> there you go. We lost 17 to three, October 22nd, 
2017. Matter of fact, I, I just pulled up the numbers real quick. Mitch Trubisky, four for seven, so I was right, 107 yards. Um, let's see, that running game, 21 carries, 65 yards. Uh, but, yeah, just turnovers. You know, we had three turnovers that game. You know, two of them were uh, the games that gave uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, his, his NFL, you know, boost. Because defensively, they only mustered 153 yards of offense uh, that whole game. I mean, we had the time of possession. You know, nearly 40 minutes to their 20. We had 20 first downs to their five. So we, we dominated everywhere, but what matters the most, and that's, you know, you know taking care of the ball and, and turnovers. But, yeah, we got beat by a rookie quarterback going four for seven for 107 yards. That's what it um, comes down to with these games, man. You know, if a team's able to run the ball, control the clock, or on defense, they're able to get some stops and make you eat up a lot of clock. You know what I mean? The time is only so much time in a game to run up a score. You can find yourself in a close game heading into the fourth quarter, and now this rookie quarterback just has to make one play to beat you. I think we saw last year uh, Brett Rippon on a Thursday night game, you know, came out and played played great and won a game for the Broncos. So. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'm, and I know I've made my jokes about Davis Mills. I don't expect him to come out and um, do much to us, but stranger things have happened. So I think we definitely have to come prepared this week to be prepared for anything, especially on a Thursday night. You know, Thursday night football is the most unpredictable week um, you'll find. You know, teams just show up some Thursday nights and they just don't look anything like themselves, especially with our history on primetime. So, we just got to come prepared and be ready for anything they throw at us. So we'll take uh, one more comment. Let's see. Um, see which one here. Here's a different one we haven't touched on today. I want to see Royce Freeman get some carries inside the 10-yard line. I'll speak on that first, and I'll let Kev drop his comment. To me, if we can't move people up front, I don't care if you give Craig Ironhead Hayward, RIP, the ball in the red zone. <laughs> I mean. You know, you're not going to see a running back carry defensive tackles, move those guys and, you know, get those short yards, you know, convert those third and fourth and ones. I think it's more about less about who's carrying the ball and more about the fact that we just can't move guys. And that's the area, you know, the field shortened. You can't stretch the field. You can't, you know, test them vertically. You just got to line up, buckle your chin strap and try to knock guys off the ball. And our offensive line just hasn't been able to do that. But as far as reps in general, what Royce Freeman and in the limited reps, granted, so I'm not going to make tell say that they're bad at pass blocking, but in the little reps they've gotten, Chuba Hubbard and Royce Freeman, they've been liabilities in pass protection. And that's a no-no for a running back, especially if you're coming in to sub for Christian McCaffrey. So if these guys want to get more reps, it starts with pass protection. Then we can worry about getting them their touches. Now I'll let you comment on the, this one here, Kev. Yeah, I mean, well, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It, it's not going to matter. You you could put Barry Sanders, you could put all the greats back there that you want, but at the end of the day, this this is simply, you know, physics and and and, and this right here on the inside because you know one thing about you know playing on the trenches, particularly when you get in the red zone and trying to punch it in, is is nothing complicated about what needs to be done. You just got to simply line up. Bust somebody in the mouth over and over until you reach the end zone. And there's nothing about any of our offensive linemen 
that made me think that that as a unit, and I got to say that as a unit, that we're capable of doing that. Have, have I seen each one of our guys get a pancake block and move somebody out of the way? Yes, I have. I've, I've seen it. Have I seen it consistently as a unit? No, I have not. So in order for that play to work, all five guys have to be uh, have to be able to execute their blocks with the level that that the play is intended for, and that's just something that that I'm seeing a whole lot of not being done than being done. Muted. Appreciate you, Bill. Yes, we do plan on doing a post game after the Texans on Thursday, so stay tuned. We'll try to follow it up quickly. I know people want to try to get to sleep, especially those that got to work Friday. But yeah, we're definitely going to be doing a post game show as we always do on Thursday. So again, we appreciate everybody who tuned in tonight. Be sure to be on the lookout for the podcast. Um, for those that missed it, we are now on Cat Crave, so you can find our podcast on the front front page of Fansided, the Panthers' uh, website on Fansided. It's called catcrave.com. So be on the lookout for this week's episode, breakdown of the Houston Texans. We'll try to get it to you guys by Wednesday morning. On top of that, we want to wish our guy Smooth a uh, happy birthday, uh, early birthday. His birthday is tomorrow, so y'all make sure you let my man, show my man some love for his uh, 20, 22nd birthday. <laughs> Nah, it's, it's gonna be my 18th birthday, man. I just became came an adult. Yeah, 18, yeah, maybe you go try out play some yeah. football for uh, Bishop Sycamore, huh? I'm about to go start a guard for the Panthers, man. <laughs> so yeah, we appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in. You know, be to stay be able to. Um, Stay tuned for our game Thursday night. Was it at KF 8.30 p.m.? Um, I think they start technically around 8.20. 8.20, okay. 8.20 p.m. First road game of the season at Houston. So, uh, appreciate y'all. Keep pounding. Thank you for your support. And, you know, we'll, we'll be back Thursday night. So, stay tuned. Oh. Any final comments, Kev? Uh, yeah, just looking for us to do, you know, first part of this Texas two-step, you know, uh, week three on the road at Houston, short short week, come back home. Um, week four at Dallas, uh, you know, this is uh, this is a unique situation, opportunity for us to um, uh, to really take advantage of this uh, of this schedule. Uh, but first things first, um, you know, we gotta we gotta handle Houston with the same intensity with the same um, level that we came into this past week against our hated divisional rival. Um, you know, like I said, as fans, you know, we can joke around and let up, but uh, I, I really think Matt Rule, who has a, I feel like has a good pulse of the team, is going to really, uh, really have our guys ready. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, just, you know, just keep supporting the four-man rush like y'all have always been doing. And um, we're definitely going to make sure we give you guys the content that y'all deserve. Right, well, there you have it, man. Again, appreciate y'all for tuning in, and we'll see you on Thursday. Out. <laughs>
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.